0: Welcome back, my dear friends, to another episode of Around the Shabbos, Shabbos Table. It's a bit of a heavy week, a heavy time for us, but uh, we want to get on here, and want to come on and give you some of our thoughts, and maybe even just process ourselves, and have this as a moment where we can look and, uh, at ourselves and what happened in, uh, in Mehron, what happened in Israel, what happened in all of Klai Yisrael, to all of the Jewish people and it's a time, uh, it would be yihi ratzon, that this should resonate with somebody, and that a Kodesh Baruch should let somebody, maybe if you need a Nachama or maybe if you need help, or maybe if you need something and a thought that could bring you inspiration, then um, it should be as well that we can accomplish that tonight. We are brought to you by the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. You can check us out on intentionaljew.com. And also in light of just dealing with turbulent times in your life i put up a podcast this week on beyond the book with somebody who had a conversation with her name is ricky simon and through through her husband's uh, fight with cancer she remained faithful to Akkadish baruchu and has a lot to say and she wrote a beautiful book about it and i got to sit down and talk to her about that so if you're looking for more ideas um that's a nice place to go to as well. It's beyond the book. Her name is Ricky Simon. You can check it out on intentionaljew.com. dot com.
1: Right, and I can make a little commercial. Also I, um immediately after this this happened on Friday, I just was was just filled with so many hergation hergations, so many so many feelings. And you know, it was a day for me like I remembered back feeling like like a nine eleven. Of really not only just trying to find information to understand what it was, but just, just totally devastated and, and not, not able to process. And I put out a very a short Shabbos message, which can be found on uh, on my YouTube channel, and it's uh, it's an eight eight some odd minute message, but just it's not even an instruction. It's really just what I was processing and what I was going through. And as you said, like tonight really is going to be that also. It's really what what we're what we're processing, and and let people let people hear our thoughts, and and attach them to their own, and, and let them spark some of their own thoughts. But if anybody wants any of any of that, also, so then you can take a look at the YouTube channel and uh, the Shabbos message, precious Emor. And
0: okay, so um, there's a lot of there's a lot going around. There's a lot of uh, videos, footage, has them, funerals, crying. And it's all available, and it's all there, and you can watch it. Um, we want to a little bit process this with you, um, with you, Daddy, with me. I want to process it. And I thought, I, I just a few thoughts, I saw that one of the fathers of, of two of the boys who died, um, one of the fathers said that 45 is gematria ma, mem he. what? And, and I think that's how I'm still feeling now, is, is what? The ambiguous nature of what happened? What happened? Ma, what? And I think that that's sometimes a, uh, it's a sometimes tries to um, instill that in us, this this suffix, this not knowing, this, this havoc in our minds. What is, and just pointing and finding... And sometimes within that moment, I'm sure 9-11, as you mentioned, was similar to that, where it's like people didn't know. And I think that's what we're still experiencing. And you should experience, I should experience this for as long as I can. And the pointing fingers is, it's too easy for me to, to do that
1: because you do it and you're done. And I think you, that... You do it and you push it away from yourself. If it's all about blaming somebody... So then it's not about you and anything that you need to, to learn or process or feel. It's just, you're, it's an anger at, at what other people did to cause this to happen. And th- the whole thing gets put into a different place. So I don't know if everyone got, or if you got
0: the chance to listen, to, to read all the names. I do want to make my way through this list. Um, for me, it was the part of the process was I was numb to it until I read their names and when I started reading their names, I started realizing that, that these are humans, these are people. It's not the collective ma, the, the 45, but each one is a, uh, is a person. So if you give me a minute here, I'm going to read. And I think it's you can close your eyes, you can process this, because I think the names are, are important. And I apologize if I don't uh, say them right. Menachem Zekbach. Menachem was 24 of Modin elite. And he is survived by his pregnant wife and their one-year-old child. Again, I don't know if I'm going to make it through more than a couple of these. Simcha Deskind, 23, of Beit Shemesh. He was survived by his wife and two young children. Shraga Gestetner was a, uh, a native of Montreal. Um, he's a member of the Square Hasidic sect and he's survived by his wife and five children. Lives in Muncie. Shim. Shimon Matalon, of Beit HaReli, survived by his 11 children. Yedid Hayut was at this event with his family, was 13. David Krauss was 33, survived by his 9 children. Moshe Bergman, 25, studying in Mir Yeshiva and living in Yerushalayim. Chaim Rak, 19, was from the central city of Beit Shemesh. Yisrael Anakva, 24, survived by his 2 children. Eliyahu Cohen was 16 from Beit Elite. Anuch Slod, 52 from Ashdod. <coughs> Elazar Mordechai Goldberg, 37, had four children. Moshe Ben Shalom, 20, was from Bnei Brak. Yafogel was from Jerusalem and studying yeshiva in Ramat Gan. Yonatan Hebroni was the father of three from Givat Shmuel. Shmuel, Moshe, and Yosef David el were 12 and 18 residents of Yerushalayim. Yeshua and Moshe Nata Englard 14 and 9 from Jerusalem. And that's the one that his father was speaking, I'm pretty sure, that he said he came with five children and left with three. Haim Seller, 24 of Yerushalayim, survived by his wife and two-week-old daughter. Yehuda Leib Rubin, 27, from Beit Shemesh. Shmuel Klagsbag, survived by eight children. Yosef Amram Tauber, 19, from Muncie. Daniel Morris, 19, from Tinek, New Jersey, from Yeshiva Shalavim. Moshe Levi, 14, from Bnei Brak. Yosef Yehuda Levi, 17, near Haifa. Nachman Kirschenbaum, fifteen from Beit Shemesh. Ariel Tzadik, fifty-seven from Jerusalem. Rabbi Leizer Tzvi Yosef, twenty-six from Kiryas Yoel, New York, father of four. Abraham Daniel Abmon Abbon, was twenty-one. He was from Argentina, studying Yeshiva in Jerusalem. Dubi Steinmetz, twenty-one from Canada. Yishem. Mu'alam, 17, again near Haifa. Yosef Masterov, 18, from Ramla. Yosef Greenbaum, 22 from Haifa. Eliezer Yitzchak Koltai, 13 from Yerushalayim. They were from Passaic, New Jersey, before moving to Israel with his family. Menachem Noblowitz, 22 from Borough Park. He was engaged to a young woman from Lakewood, New York. Konashila, 28, from Yerushalayim. Elazar Gafner 52. Yassi Kohn, 21, from Cleveland, was a student in the Mir Yeshiva. Shlomo Zaman Leibowitz, 19, from Svat, Moshe Tzarfati, 65, from Yerushalayim, was survived by four children and 25 grandchildren. Ariel Ahdut, 20, was from Jerusalem. Hendoron, 41, was a resident of Cholon. Mordechai Fakata, 24, Samar Chasid, father of two. Yaakov Ochanan Stavarsky, 20 from Elad, was a student in Yeshiva in Jerusalem. That's that. I think that for me, reading those names again here uh, made them into people and seeing that uh, my wife pointed out that it's, you know, mothers mothers and wives who are left alone in this one it was all men and they they left families and and wives and mothers um, crying for them so when you have that uh, for me having that making them human making them people and imagining that um, really really uh, quiets down all the noise there is there's there's gonna be a lot of noise. There's gonna be a lot of conversation around this, but this is the conversation. The conversation is We
1: should we should open that and not have the conversation, but that to just to make everyone aware that the conversation is gonna be about blame, it's gonna be about politics, it's gonna be about and, and some of the conversations are actually important conversations, but they're not not according to our estimation, not for now necessarily, but but that's what the conversations are gonna be. The why did why did this happen? logistically, you know, it's how, did this, how, how, how was this able to happen, and, and what does that mean, and who's to blame for these kind of things. And this, we're, we're in Shiva right now. We're in Shiva. And, and that's, not, that's not the discussion for now. It will become the discussion. It will be the appropriate time to discuss it. You know, and you mentioned that the Father said, ma, and that, that that's really the question that we have to ask. We have to ask Ma. It's a very beautiful thing that was once said, that the the question is not lama why but lima for what what's not why did this happen none of us none of us could ever and should ever grapple in why it happened but what we can get from it and what we're what we're what we're to do with this what we're to understand from it what we're to walk away with what we're to feel that's Lima for what? For what is this, is this all happening? What are we supposed to take from this? I want to tell you a beautiful thing. And this is, this is something I heard, it's something that I'm, I'm using to help me process. And, and, if, it, and if it helps anyone, then, then it's a beautiful thing. You know, it says that, but other Marishon, that other when after the sin in the garden, so God walks into the garden, and he says to Adam Risha, and he says, Ayaka, it's where are you? And where are you? That You're God. You know exactly where everybody is. You know exactly where he is and what just happened. The question Ayaka is not the question of where are you. The question Ayaka is, is where are you in regards to our relationship? That if we have a relationship like this, then how could this have happened? Where are you holding in our relationship? It's not where you are physically, but where are you spiritually? Where are you? And that sound, that call, that voice, that, that call, the cry out to Adam, was a cry that God constantly sends the Jewish people. Tisha when we read the Book of Lamentations, we read Echa. Echa is the same word, Alef Yud Chafei. It's really Ayeka, Where are you in terms of this relationship? That sound comes now from Har Chorev every single day asking us, where are you? An amazing thing. I was talking to somebody today who was telling me that his kids had gone to Mehron and he was waiting for them to call. One of them had shot off the phone the other one didn't even know that anything had happened. They had left before and they were on a bus. And, and the, the parents are calling and calling and calling and calling. At a certain point in the night, they were ready, they're already sitting Shiva. And then they got the call. The kids are safe. Everything is fine. Can you imagine those hours that they had to go through that kind of pain? That kind of that that kind of wonder is: Are my kids the victims? Am I going to see their names on a list? Did something happen to them? Did something not happen to them? And just in, just because there was no communication, didn't answer the phone. So then that 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 did, destroyed the parents. One of the things that they said that the the workers were saying the Hadassah guys that afterwards there was just a mass of phones and and debris on the floor, and the phones kept ringing. And they kept seeing on the message, Ima, Abba, your sister, my sister, my mother. And the phones just kept ringing, and there was no answer. So Kaddish Baruch was calling out to us every single day, and he's saying, Ayaka, where are you? And all he wants from us is just to answer the phone. What we say after we answer that phone, whatever it's going to be, whatever that conversation needs to be with us in the Rabbanish lem But when things like this happen, we have to look at it that the Rabbanish lem is calling to us. And he's calling to us, just pick up the phone. Just, Just come close. Just do something. Just say hello. Just acknowledge me. And I think that Klai in all of its pain and all of its mourning, has to see it that way, that it's a call from the Rebbeinah Shleilam. Tati is calling to us, and all he wants is that we pick up the phone.
0: And to everyone, that the way you answer the phone is different <laughs> in the muscle. Hello, what's up? How are you? Answer the phone. The message is, is personal for each person. Um but right. there's there 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 definitely you need to to answer that phone and say where are you i um, will I just tell you that for me I don't know if um for me the the realization that life is so fragile and so so quick where where am I going to be um when, when I die am I going to be Am I going to be in the middle of a religious experience or am I going to be with my feet up watching Netflix? Where am I? Where was I? Where am I going to be? And that's like that's an important thought that's it's a sobering thought for me uh, as I go through my day and it's it's not yeah, it's it's important. It's, it's the my ayaka,
1: my ayaka is where are you that's exactly? Right. That's the call to you. The call is think Think. Consider. You process and consider in one way. I maybe would never even have those thoughts. My thoughts would take me to a very different place. But, but what Akash Baruch Hu is doing is he's calling. And our responsibility is to respond. And, and your response is amazing. It's amazing. So you know, There was, you, a, you there remember was a
0: child, there was a kid who's, who was there with his father and one of his brothers was, was Niftar who died and they um, they asked him, "What were you thinking?" Little boy must have been nine, between nine and eleven, maybe ten. Yeah. He said, "What were you thinking?" And without hesitation, the kids said, "Muna B'takhan. Faith in God. So that's the same, the same kind of thing is. Where where are my kids? What am I teaching my kids? Am I teaching my kids that a kodesh Hu is there with us, and that ha and that there's and there's there's everything is with the chesed the father was crying out and he said, the only thing I was davening to Hashem is, don't take from me my faith. You took my two children. Don't take my faith. Is that where I am in times of trouble? Am I thinking that? Or am I just thinking, did I make enough money in my life? Did I leave? You know, what was, what was my legacy? What did I do? Is that what we're thinking? And to me, that's my, that's my ayakas. Where, where are you?
1: It's a it it it's an alarm. Whenever Chai goes through things like this, it has to be an alarm, and and we have to appreciate. For me, I found this time that I was, I just I can't get enough of listening to to other rabbanim and listening to to and listening to how people are processing. I, I shut off as soon as I hear reasons. I shut off. Nobody's n- not too many people are doing that. I heard one today, but but really people aren't doing that. They're just saying. The, the main message is just just the Koshburgh is calling out to you reach out to him don't don't let these feelings go away. It doesn't mean that we become debilitated. But this has to color us right now. This has to this has to cover us. This has to to really be it really be present in our lives that that a a, a like this happens and w- why and the you know, the, the the things, the mistakes that were made, we need to focus on those in order to be able to make sure the next time there's a gathering of hundreds of thousands of Jews that there isn't a sakana. But not because of blaming. Just to know we got to fix that. Okay, we had a problem, a serious problem, and we have to fix that. But what we need to be focusing on is the ruchnias, the spirituality, the message that God is sending to our ruach, to our nishamas. Shlomo Katz
0: tweeted, today well, amongst all the things if you haven't seen his videos um where he's where he's uh interviewed on both israeli news and national and uh, american international news i'm sorry uh he's just making a beautiful Kedesh shem and, and letting his heart um pour out and really really the heart of khali shall pour out on these uh, interviews but he tweeted today that it's horrible it's horrific that the, the gates of heaven were opened this way but now that they're open we can't let them close and we just gotta make them as wide as we can. And uh, and I think that's the that's a uh, put into words, that's a message.
1: An important You know, I wanna show one one other little thing. You find a lot of times when a tragedy like this happens, what a lot of people do is they try to personalize it. Oh, I know that person's father's brother, sister's mother, right? I was I was there two minutes before and then I left and I would have you know, been there if not, not been for there. It, right? I thought about going but then I, I, I something happened that I couldn't go um, what is that yeah so so I, I not, not a, I decided not to look at it in a bad way it bothers mm-hmm. me but I decided not to look at it in a bad way it's because not everybody has that mechanism that they don't need to know a name in order to feel a connection because they feel a connection to cloud your soul you know a lot of times, when a person is sick, so we share their name. When we say Tell them in a Shul and B'smedes, so if you share the name, then then people will feel more connected. The truth is, is, other than davening for a specific person, but but you really don't need to. If a yid is sick, if a yid is in trouble, if a yid is going through this, then I'm going through this, and and that's that's actually what I'm learning from them. I'm not condemning them. That they need to say. It oh, is pers- I knew that person. I'm I'm good friends with their. It, it is it, personal. It is personal, and that's we have to see that. I will tell you, yesterday I was standing in Yerushalayim. I haven't have gone to Yerushalayim for for a few minutes, and I was in Yerushalayim and I was standing on the street talking to somebody a serious conversation, and one of these trucks, you know, in Yerushalayim, what they do when somebody dies and they want to publicize the funeral, they make a recording of the of all the information. And the car or truck goes through the neighborhoods. And, and it has got a specific sound to it. bach. A tune, and, a certain tune. Right. And then, so whenever you hear that, your ears perk up because, you know, they use it usually for important people. So it's either a guddle or it's. It's lamenting, you know, yeah. It's and, a, and somebody, somebody's yeah. died, and, you know, you need to know that information. So I stopped the conversation, was listening, and I heard the name of the Bacher. I think it was the one from Cleveland. One of the Bachram from the from the Mir, the Levaya was last night, and it was it, it just made it so real. And I'd been watching and looking, seeing videos and all kinds of stuff. But you're standing there on the street, and and the guy is coming through, and making the announcement about the Levaya. And this has to be something that's real to us. And I realize in America it's harder. We're living it here. <clears throat> when you when you say that you know five or six of them were from Modine Elite, you're talking about two and a half miles up the highway. You know, it's, it's our, our, our neighborhood when, when you talk about it. When, even some of the names are people that are, are known in the, you know, in, in, certainly in the American Torah community. And, and it's, it's just, it's got, we have to feel that way. And that's part of the, of the message that we have to hear. We're part of Klayosol. I don't care what kind of hats they're wearing, I don't care what kind of yarmulkes they're wearing, and it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make a difference what their political or religious affiliation was, We are them and they are we. And it's about time that we need to to walk away with that feeling.
0: I think you said this to me the other day. Uh, If not you, then it was my wife. Um, You know, somebody was driving without a seatbelt. You know, and they died in a car crash. (laughs) Who's going to be the first one to say, eh, you didn't have a seatbelt on? fault. Right? Eh, not so so meaningful. And it's not how we relate to it. And and we shouldn't be cold-hearted to do that here as well. It's the same thing. Mistakes? Perhaps. Lots of them? Perhaps. Who, what, where, when? Yeah, a lot of it. But it doesn't take away from the reality. The individuals, the individuals who died didn't do anything wrong. Maybe there's a, a general thing that there's an issue to go Sa but to again,
1: Sakona, but, but again I'm, the, stop, stop there like, I, but I again there's individuals,
0: individuals look at the faces look at these people read their names see their stories these are human beings at worst you want to say they weren't wearing a seatbelt don't, don't don't let yourself go there there's going to be a conversation about it We're going to need to have a large big national international every kind of conversation needs to be done here but we need that conversation needs to happen through the pain and through the realization that these are people and that and the Kodesh Baruch Hu is sending us a message and he's talking right to us and the phone
1: is ringing. We, we have precedent. We have places to look at to, to figure out how we're supposed to react and what we really should be doing right now. Aaron loses his two children on a day of simcha, a day of joy, a day of light, a day of brightness, a day that spiritually... Very similar to to Lag It was the day of the inauguration of the of the Mishkan, where th- there was a, a a new a new era for the Jewish people, and there was a, a new light being brought in. And it was exciting. It was
0: it was there was fever. There was I mean whatever you call it. There was it was exciting
1: day. And on that day, the two sons of the high priest, the two greatest kids in Kliosol died. And Aaron taught us forever what do you do when tragedy strikes Aaron. he was quiet it wasn't because he was cold it wasn't because he had no tears but he needed to process he needed to bring it inside he needed to put it into context he needed to understand it he needed to ask himself the question le ma for what? What am I getting out of this? Where am I supposed to go with this? Vayidham Aaron. He was listening. He wasn't talking. And I think that that's the way we need to process right now. We need to be in a place of Vayidham. Think. Bring. Get the information inside. Process. Think about it. Work it out. What can I do? How can I listen to my message? Then, the talking... That'll happen later. Right, and, and for those
0: listening, we will. The conversation is open. We're not closing any books on conversation. Do not get that message from us. We will have the conversation. We are happy to have the conversation with you. But there's a time.
1: Alcopele writes that tears should be wiped away from the face of the earth. We should know from no more tzai like this. And the way that we can begin to not know from tzai like this is to begin to listen to our messages, hear the phone ringing, and just pick it up. Okay, thank you for listening, and uh, we
0: hope that this helped you in some way. If, we can, if anybody does need help, you can reach out to us at uh, intentionaljew at gmail.com or to the rabbi or to myself. And we will um, be happy to help you in any way that we can.